Hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Chapter 14, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, and I pray you have a Bible. If not, feel free to use your phone, but I want us to uh, look at uh, a pretty unique uh, event in the life of Jesus that that as we look at it this evening, in fact, it might even catch us off guard to some degree because what's going on in the life of Christ and, and, and who among us in the room hasn't been stuck in an overwhelming moment? And, and if you haven't been stuck in an overwhelming moment, it's likely that you know someone who has been in an overwhelming moment. We were not created for overwhelming moments, but life through various ways and various issues and various challenges will bring us to our knees and often we will have this feeling of being overwhelmed. I believe it was the year 2000, somewhere in that time frame, which was what, 21 years ago? Can you believe that? That you too uh, recorded a song and the song was called you got stuck in a moment. How many of you remember that song or you're aware of that song? You got stuck in a moment. It is a song that is about Michael Hutchins. He was a close friend of Bono, Bono being the lead singer of U2. And, and Michael Hutchins was the lead singer of a band called NXS. Now I'm really going deep. And in 1997, Michael Hutchins, in an overwhelming moment, sadly took his own life. It was out of the relationship between Bono and Michael Hutchins that, that this song was written about what it looks like to get stuck in a moment. And I just want to read you the chorus. It says, you've got to get yourself together. You've got stuck in a moment. And now you can't get out of it. Don't say that later it will be better. Now you're stuck in a moment and you can't get out of it. The research is clearly showing that more of us are getting stuck in overwhelming moments. Uh, two Saturdays ago here at Discovery Point, we had an emotional health seminar and I was, I was somewhat floored by the recent data of the number of people in our nation who are finding themselves challenged with more overwhelming moments than ever before. And as the research begins to point to this reality that, that many of us are in, will be moving into, or know someone in an overwhelming moment, I, I think if we look at the scriptures, we see something interesting about Jesus. In fact, in, in the Gospel of Mark chapter 14, verses 32 through 42, we see Jesus himself stuck in an overwhelming moment. Let's read the passage beginning in verse 42. The scripture says that they went on to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, Sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death, you stay here, keep watch with me. Verse 35, he went a little further and he fell to the ground and he prayed that if it were possible, 
the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned and he found the disciples praying. Is that what it says? I wish it said that, don't you? Yeah, he found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, poor Peter, <laughs> Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. We know that feeling, don't we? Then Jesus left them again, and he prayed the same prayer as before. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open, and they didn't know what to say. <laughs> You've been there, right? Verse 41, when he returned to them a third time, he said, <laughs> this is great, go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. No, wait a minute. No, no, no. No, the time has come. The Son of Man is to be betrayed into the hands of sinners. Let's get up. Let's get going. Look. My betrayer is here. What an interesting dialogue and, and uh, what an interesting set of circumstances where we find Jesus stuck in an overwhelming moment. I think it's hard for us even to imagine that Jesus would actually be stuck in a moment where he confesses he is sensing an overwhelmingness in him that is so deep, he's actually having a difficult time describing it. What do I mean by that? In verse 33 and 34, the, the writer John uses three different words to describe what's going on with Jesus in this stuck in a moment. Three different Greek words. And these three different words, in verse 33, he uses a word that is translated deeply distressed. The word means to throw into terror, to be overwhelmed. Verse 33 again, he uses a second word to describe this. The word means to be troubled. It means great distress or depression. It is the strongest of the three Greek words in the New Testament used for depression. Verse 34, he uses a word that means to be overwhelmed with sorrow. In such a short period of, in those two verses, three different words trying to describe what's happening to Jesus in that moment, the depth of the sorrow, the sadness, and the overwhelmingness, if you will, that Jesus is feeling in the moment. It is so intense that John uses three different words to try to describe the intensity of the situation. You've done that before, right? Something so meaningful or powerful or crazy, you, you try to describe it, and when you describe it, you think to yourself, no, 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 no. I didn't describe it as it should have been described. And so then you go back and you use another word to describe the same event that the people you are sharing it with, you hope they get a glimpse of what's happening in the moment. Have you ever done something like that? Yeah, you've done something like that. And this is what John is doing. He, he's trying to describe the depth of the moment. Now, what we must notice is that Jesus is not overwhelmed because he can't say no to too many things. And that's where we often end up, isn't it? We end up with an overwhelming moment often because we can't say no. We can't say no to the boss. We can't, well, don't do that. 
Uh, you, can, you, don't, you can't say no to the kids. You can't say no to your spouse. You just can't say no. And so what happens is, is all of these things just begin to pile on. And in the moment of, of trying to maybe please everyone, you find yourself overwhelmed with responsibility. And you look into the mirror and you think, well, that's on me. I, I do that. Do you ever do that? I'm like, no, why did I say yes to that? Or why did I get involved in that? Why did I do that? So that's not what's going on with Jesus, right? He's not overwhelmed because he's said yes too much and he's afraid to say no, no, no. He is overwhelmed for what lies ahead. He's overwhelmed for what the Father has preordained in his life. And that is this expression of his love for you and I, of his sacrificial death on the cross. That's overwhelming. And Jesus, in a moment of transparency, comes to this place where he says, I'm overwhelmed. Let me ask you, what do we do when we're overwhelmed? Maybe you're not overwhelmed. Maybe you've never been to that place in life. But, but how do we serve others who find themselves being overwhelmed? What do we do? Someone says that foresight is insight based on hindsight. Let me say that again is that foresight is insight based on hindsight. I say that to say, let's look at Jesus. Our, our whole mission at Discovery Point is to live as Jesus lived, to know him and make him known. That's why we're here. So let's look at the scripture, and instead of being overwhelmed, and we all will be overwhelmed when we're in the overwhelming moment, let's don't panic. Let's look and see what, how our master handled the overwhelmingness of a moment. And then let's walk in that. First thing Jesus does, I'll give you these pretty quickly. Number one, notice that he prays. Notice that he prays. Now, the scripture says, John says, there in the Garden of Gethsemane, which is, means olive press, it's near the foot of Mount Olives, and it was a, a familiar place for Jesus and his disciples to go. John chapter 18, verse 2 says that Jesus and the guys, they went there often. It was kind of like a, an outdoor Starbucks. They went there. It was the place where the guys met, the girls met. And, and so the scripture says that he went there often. There was something special about the Garden of Gethsemane. It was this olive press, but it had a connection with Jesus. And so he's going there, and notice what he does. He's going to pray. Now, notice in verse 36. Notice what, what Jesus prays here. He says, Abba, Father. Again, it's that, that deep Aramaic word for we, we might even translate dad. It's, it's a deep word of intimacy. He doesn't say the big man upstairs, or the big guy. He says, Abba, Father. Look at what he prays. Say this with me. Everything is possible for you. Notice the faith in this prayer. Notice the tenderness. Notice the trust. Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, which is the cup of suffering that he's referring to, yet not what I will, but what you will. You know, when I read this, this passage, I looked at this and I thought, wow, I think I've heard something like that before from Jesus. Isn't it very similar to the model prayer that he tells us to pray? That was at the beginning of his ministry, right? Right, Sermon on the Mount, here's how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us, uh, you know, uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us. Uh, give us this daily bread. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the power and the kingdom and the glory forever. That's a paraphrase. Notice toward the end of his ministry, his life. He's praying a similar prayer. 
that he taught us to pray. When you're in an overwhelming moment, pray. Pray. And, and prayer is this powerful. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And, and we say, well, pastor, every time I pray, I don't, I don't see God taking care of the problem. He's not, he's not removing the problem. And, and you know what? He may not remove the problem. Prayer is not about our God fixing the problem all the time. Prayer is often about him giving us a different perspective on the problem. It's us seeing the problem, not from our own eyes, but from the Father's eyes. To seeing the problem, not from how we would approach the problem, not, not what, what the problem looks like to us, but, but when we pray, he gives us a fresh perspective. Prayer. 1 Peter chapter 5, <clears throat> verse 7. Peter has this beautiful, beautiful verse. Look at this. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Cast. The word means to, to throw and not retrieve. To throw and let it go. To cast it, which we're great at casting, but how many of us run after we cast it and pick it back up? And then we, we're going to cast it again. Peter, being a fisherman, he understood this idea of cast, let it go. Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Prayer is a beautiful gift that God gives us. Let's use it all the time, every day. This Betty, every Saturday evening, Betty's here. She wants me to pray with her after service. Are we on tonight, Betty? We have a date of prayer? I'm sure we do. Every, she, she, I want you to pray for me. And I often think about why don't we ask to be prayed over more? Why do we take it for granted? It's a powerful thing, and when we're overwhelmed, go into an intense time of prayer, of prayer. This is what Jesus does. He prays. The, the second thing that Jesus does in the passage is that he, he begins to gather his, his inner circle, right? This time he had, you know, he had, the, he had the, the, the 12 disciples, and so when you get stuck in this moment, you've you got to gather the, the right people, the right people, not just people. But the right people. Of course, Jesus had the 12, but here in the moment, he's down to what is called the inner circle, the three. Peter, James, and John. By the way, Peter, James, and John, there were a couple of occasions in the scriptures we see them actually connecting with Jesus in kind of, in kind of unique, unusual moments. For on the Mount of Transfiguration, the scripture says that it's Jesus, Peter, James, and John. I mean, he took them to places that the others didn't go. He had a relationship with these three that, that seemed to be intimate and close, and there was an, 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 an element of trust in this relationship. And, and, and I see something very insightful here I want to encourage you with, is that oftentimes we see Jesus slipping off in isolation. Do we not? Oftentimes. The disciples have to go look for Jesus. They're like, dude, where are you at? He's like, I just slipped away, man. Oftentimes he isolates. And, and there's a healthy thing to isolation. When you choose to isolate for the right purposes, it is a healthy thing to do spiritually with your health, with your emotions. It's a good thing to do. But when the isolation chooses you, that's where we have to be careful. 
We can choose isolation for the right reasons, but be careful when the isolation begins to choose you. And what I find interesting in the passage is that, is that Jesus does not isolate, even though he isolated a lot. He doesn't isolate. He chooses to take Peter, James, and John with him. He invites the inner circle in, and he brings them in, and they fall asleep. Man, imagine that you're in the inner circle of Jesus, and your story is the most read story in human history. And a part of it is you fell asleep at the most difficult moment of Jesus' life. How would you feel about that? I'd like to scratch that, like I kind of changed the reading. And when he came back, they were in deep prayers. How I would like if there was Greg and James and John, and Greg was on his knees pleading. He, he gathered the right people. Man, when we get overwhelmed or we know someone that's overwhelmed, we, we, we got to gather that inner circle. Does that make sense? The, the, the right people. And, and I know people can be very disappointing and frustrating. I, I am one. And, and you are one. And, and, and in your relationships, people have disappointed you. They've frustrated you. You've had expectations for them. And by golly, they did not meet those expectations, did they? And you got frustrated and you got disappointment. You got disappointed at them and you're like, I'm just going to quit trusting in people. But I, before you go that far, I want you to think about, have you ever been on the other end of that? Have you ever been the one that's maybe disappointed or the one that lets someone down? Sure we have. It's a part of the human experience. But that does not mean we should not trust and bring people on the inside to walk with in Christ on this journey. And so Jesus teaches us a valuable lesson. People can be present. They can add value to our lives and in this overwhelming moment, he invites those three men with him in that moment and that time of prayer. <clears throat> I was thinking about <clears throat> how I would kind of illustrate the importance of the right people. And I got on my phone <clears throat> and I started looking for a specific picture that I thought was on my phone. And I wanted to show the picture because it was someone who, who I would say is the inner circle of my life, the right person, if you will. I wanted to show that picture, and, and, and I started scrolling, literally thousands of photos on my phone, most of them selfies. And I'm teasing. Come on. Lighten up a little bit. I was wondering if you were with me or not. And, and I'm scrolling and scrolling, and, and I, I couldn't find the photo. And got so, I'm like, oh, I know it's on this phone. I just couldn't find it. I was like, I wanted to show that photo of this person who is in my inner circle. And as I scrolled, I could not believe the amazing people that God has put into my life. I, I, couldn't, I could not believe it was one picture after another of a person or a friend family just, I, I cannot believe. I could not believe. I was blown away at how rich that I am with the people that God has put in my life. I'm loaded. 
I'm filthy rich. If you could retire on amazing friends, I would have been done years ago. I was amazed at the people, the right people, many of which are a part of this church, many of which are, are, are part of our community here at Discovery Point. I was just amazed at the people, and, and, and I just can't even, I thought, well, I can't even start down this path. It, it, there's no way. Jesus, Jesus takes the three, the right three with him when he's overwhelmed, when he's overwhelmed. Do you have those people? Bob Goff would say it's the people at the end of your life that you would put around your deathbed. He calls them his eight people. Do you have those eight people? I would encourage you not to focus on a certain number of people, but on the people that you can be certain of. Make sense? Don't focus on a certain number. Focus on the people that you can be certain of. If you don't have the right people, just begin praying. Just begin praying. Don't go looking. Just pray. Here's a principle I'll leave you with on this point, and it's this. If you don't find the right people, God will lead them to you. But you got to pray. You got to pray. Pay attention. Who is God bringing into my life? Pay attention. That inner circle. When you're overwhelmed, don't isolate. Connect with the right people. Last thing I just want to share with you about this passage that I saw is is we, we got to get moving. At the end of the passage, Jesus kind of comes back. To be quite honest, he seems a little frustrated with the guys, doesn't he? He's like, Peter, you sleeping again? Peter's like, no. Go ahead, man. Then he says, no, 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 no. Get up. The betrayer is here. Let's get moving. Let's get moving. Someone told me years ago, when you're going through hell, keep walking. Keep walking. When you're overwhelmed, you got to get moving. You got to get moving. It's what Jesus does. He's in stay in the garden. He's got a cross. He's got a grave. He's got a resurrection. He's got a redemptive work to carry out. And if he stays stuck in the moment, in the garden, where's the hope of humanity? Get moving with intentionality. When you feel overwhelmed, you lack strength, and that's why it is purposeful intention. When you're overwhelmed, you only have so much fuel in the tank, right? You can't waste it. You can't wonder. You've got to be intentional with movements. It's what Jesus does. He knew why he came, Luke chapter 4. He expressed his purpose statement. He knew that. And that's why he moves forward and he understands his calling. Don't confuse purpose and calling. Our purpose is to bring God glory by walking as Jesus walked. That's our purpose. We heard a message last weekend on that. God's intention. God's intention is the character of Christ formed in us. As it's formed, God gets the glory out of that. Make sense? So if you're wondering, why am I here? What's my purpose? Isaiah 43, 7. 
Scripture says that it is God who's called, it, called us by his name, and he's called us to bring him glory. We do that by walking as Jesus walked. Then there's our calling. Our calling is simply this, how God's glory is manifested through our lives to those around us. So when we're overwhelmed, when we feel overwhelmed, remember your purpose. Know your calling, right? Know your calling. Know, that, know how that purpose of God in your life is actually manifested through your life to touch those around you. That's a pretty good idea of where your calling lies. When you're overwhelmed, pray, right? Pray. Connect with the right people. Get moving with intentionality. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for this time. We pray, Father, that <clears throat> when we have those, those times of feeling overwhelmed, Lord, those seasons, when it just feels like that life is too much, we have a, a path. We, we, we have a plan. You, you've showed us. Jesus has, has showed us. When that happens, he doesn't scold us for being overwhelmed. He, he doesn't. When that happens, help us to turn to you with meaningful prayer. Help us to reach out to those around us who, who love us and who we, can, who we can bring into a conversation with trust and encouragement and truth. Father, help us to get moving with intentionality. Not to stay stuck. It's easy to stay stuck. It's easy to to stay in that overwhelming moment when we feel there's no way out. But Father, with your power, with your grace, we can get moving with great intentionality. So Father, let us be people who operate as Jesus operated in these moments. Help us be people that serve others in this time as well. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.